Good morning, this is Nikhil D. Jonathan for today's verse excitation. And the verse that we are looking at today is taken from the book of Acts, chapter 15, verse 8. So that's Acts, chapter 15, verse 8. It says, God, who knows the heart, bore witness to them by giving them the Holy Spirit just as he did to us. So he says, um, God, who knows the heart, bore witness to them by giving them the Holy Spirit just as he did to us. So what does this uh, verse really mean and how can we find uh, relevance to it in our uh, routine, in our daily lives? So this is a verse that um, is spoken by uh, Peter and the disciples and it uh, talks about how God, even though he sees people disobeying him, he sees them going away from what he has planned for them, the rules that he has for them, and uh, the way that he has commanded them to be righteous um, when they are breaking those rules, he still continues to go before them. He still continues to turn them away from the evil. He still continues to protect them. So he's uh, turning them away from their uh, ways of evil by doing what God usually does. So he gives them the um, ability to uh, turn away from uh, evil. He gives them the um, knowledge of uh, knowing what to do, what is right. And he also rewards them when they do what is right. So you can see that uh, God does not uh, act partially. He does not uh, do something just for a certain group of people who are based on a certain demographic or a uh, sector of the population who are uh, belonging to him or who work for him or do uh, are in some ways related towards uh, Christ and the uh, family of um, Jesus Christ. So he works for everybody. God ensures that everyone is impartially taken care of. And uh, that is something uh, that we should all be glad and that we should all uh, support because uh, there are so many people in this world who are uh, turned away and who have for a, for a long period of time not been a part of the family of Christ and the body of Christ. So in order to uh, make them one with Christ, in order to convert them and make them um, truly one with Christ, we need to show them that God is impartial, He forgives all the uh, past and He turns them away from what uh, path they have gone through towards the uh, path that God has for them. So His impartiality is truly uh, exemplifying the impartiality and uh, it makes sure that everyone, no matter who they are, what they do or what they have, are able to find the blessings, the goodness and uh, love of God in all that they do. So he's able to uh, bring them all together, to turn them away from evil and bring them all together. That is something that uh, uh, this verse talks about when it says God knows the heart and uh, he knows the heart of everyone, not just uh, you know the ones who pray to him or the ones who read the Bible and obey him, he knows the heart of everybody. And he makes sure that everyone becomes mature and turns to him um, through his way that he has planned, through the path of righteousness that he has planned for them. 
So the next uh, thing that we can see in this uh, verse is what it takes to dwell in the Holy Spirit. So we know that uh, he, uh, in, the, in the verse it says that he bore witness to them by giving them the Holy Spirit. So God shows us that he is there. God shows us that uh, he is uh, all uh, omni, omniscient and omnipresent. And uh, he shows this through giving us the Holy Spirit of Jesus Christ. Because when Jesus Christ was taken off, uh, when he was crucified and his spirit was lifted, he said that uh, even though I might not be with you I, uh, in person, I will be with you in spirit. And this spirit is so much more powerful because it is uh, transcends the uh, regulations of time, matter and uh, power. So there is no time capsule that you can put on this uh, Holy Spirit or there's no um, power that limits the Holy Spirit. There's no um, limitations on the uh, commitments of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit exceeds in uh, time, love and power. So we can see that um, what it takes to dwell in the Holy Spirit is not much you just have to believe in Jesus Christ. You have to work according to the word of Jesus Christ. And when when you do this, when you do this, you would be encompassed by the Holy Spirit. But then, the only constraint here as Christians that we should remember is that it is easy to come into the Holy Spirit. But then maintaining and staying in the Holy Spirit for a sustained period of time is a whole new ballgame. So we have to stay in the Holy Spirit for a continued period of time for God to accept us to become mature Christians and to do the work that God has planned for us and to enter eternity with Him in heaven at the end. So in order to do this, in order to complete this cycle of what that God has planned for us and God wants from us, we must dwell in the Holy Spirit. So it takes a lot of courage, it takes a lot of commitment, it takes a lot of strength, wisdom, dedication, sacrifice and everything that the fruits of the Holy Spirit creates in us is a must for us to have if we are to dwell in the Holy Spirit. We must have love, we must have joy, we must have uh, goodness, gentleness, uh, patience, peace and uh, we must be merciful and uh, we must uh, create a uh, accepting environment for other people to come into Christ as well. So all this needs to be done and more if we are to truly dwell in the Holy Spirit. And this commitment is not just uh, temporal, it takes forever for us to be uh, one with the Holy Spirit. So it takes a lot of self-control and faithfulness in Christ and uh, this ultimately leads to us having the uh, greatest gift of all, which is to dwell in the Holy Spirit and be one with the Holy Spirit for eternity. The next learning that we can see from this verse is that uh, of how we must turn to the uh, turn to Christ and how we must not just turn by the soul and the spirit and the minds but most importantly the how uh, to turn the heart towards Christ and abstaining from immorality is one of the ways that uh, we turn towards 
uh, Christ and then we uh, do not do any reckless behavior and uh, abstaining from foolishness and dependency on the world. So these are ways that we need to follow to turn away from the um, world and uh, work according to what uh, Christ wants us to do. So we see that uh, when we turn away from what is uh, evil, what is um, reckless and foolish and uh, what is of worldly importance but not of importance to God, we are able to uh, place ourselves away from all of this and we uh, inadvertently uh, turn our hearts towards Christ. So the soul and the spirit and the mind, they are a conscious choice that we need to turn um, they are a, they are already programmed um, to feel that uh, Christ is the true path, and they it is already programmed within that they are to, to uh, lead towards Christ, and they 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 have their paths uh, formed, they have their paths uh, laid out for them to go towards Christ. But then, when the heart, when you think about the heart. It is already ingrained with the worldliness. So uh, you are taught to um, look at things that are attractive with more uh, vigor. You are uh, looking at uh, when you when you are uh, thinking about uh, the heart. It's very polluted by this world. So the heart functions more of uh, what the body wants to do, and the body works on the stimuli that you get from the world. So when you have this, when you have this type of um, contradiction when you have this uh, contrast in what you would like to do for Christ and how you would like to be disciplined in uh, and mature in Christ and while the world leads you other ways through its uh, stimuli and emotional uh, uh, dissonance that you experience it, it is uh, imperative to know how we must how and what are the things that we must overcome so basically overcoming immorality uh, overcoming the reckless behavior, which is the spontaneously reckless behavior, overcoming foolishness, when you know something's wrong, when you know something is uh, um, does not have meaning in the world of Christ and you still do it, that's foolish. So not doing that and depending on worldliness. So when you depend on the world, it is, it is probably going to give you good things for a period, some period of time. It's going to give you uh, good things that are of worldly scale. But Anything more than that, anything that is greater than that can never be provided by what this world stands for. And uh, remembering that and remembering the rules that turn you away from this world will in turn lead you towards Christ. This will turn yourself um, towards Christ which will create for you uh, your heart that loves Christ and not this world. So those are basically the understanding that we get from this uh, verse and uh, first of course uh, impartiality of God, the, what it takes to dwell in the Holy Spirit and how you turn your heart towards Christ. So that is uh, Acts chapter, 13, uh, chapter 15 verse 8, Acts chapter 15 verse 8, thank you for listening, this is Nikhil E. Jonathan. And uh, stay tuned for more verse exhortations. Have a blessed uh, day in the Holy Spirit of Jesus Christ.
Good morning, this is Nikhil D. Jonathan for today's verse exhortation. Um, the verse that we are looking at today is taken from the book of Acts, chapter 16, verse 28. It's a very short verse where Paul cries out to his um, centenaries in the prison, Do not harm yourself, for we all are here. So Paul says to, uh, in a loud voice, Do not harm yourself, for we are all here. So what does this verse really mean? How is it uh, relevant to our everyday lives? So we can see there are three teachings that this verse tries to tell us and we uh, see uh, within the lines. And the first is, how do you repent? So we can see that um, Paul uh, was um, uh, put into prison and he was... uh, um, uh, being guarded by some people uh, in the prison so that he wouldn't escape but then the uh, angel of the Lord came and guided him through and uh, uh, because he was a disciple of the true God he was uh, not uh, subjected to any type of suffering so uh, what is this uh, so uh, the people who guarded him and the people who put him in prison needed to repent because they had gone against the um, will of God. So if you do anything against someone who is uh, a disciple of God, you are doing something against God himself. That uh, requires repentance so that uh, you would be saved from that uh, guilt and from that uh, crime that you have committed against uh, the all-powerful almighty God. So what we can see over here is um, how you must repent. How should you repent? Do you, uh, what, what are the steps that you t- need to take to repent? So repentance doesn't mean like uh, blindly worshipping God and shouting and saying to the world that I repent. It means that you truly understand what you have done wrong. You confess that to God. And then you change your behavior. You alter yourself. And you uh, uh, act in this altered state for a uh, sustained period of time till it becomes part of your nature. So repentance is not uh, an instant process. Repentance doesn't take place in the snap of a second. It has to be... uh, thought of meticulously it has to be an emotional response that is ingrained within our souls hearts mind and body and uh, we need to have the wisdom uh, to repent we need to have the wisdom to apply that repented state to every day every moment and every uh, task that we do so that is true repentance that is how repentance takes place that is how repentance manifests into um, true uh, turning away and true uh, resurrection so that is what you need to do so repentance needs resurrection if it doesn't lead to resurrection then you you are not repenting properly resurrection of course is not uh, you know killing yourself and and uh, uh, harming yourself it means that you are turned you are rebirthed and that is what resurrection truly means so that is how you need to repent and this talks about that this uh, says that uh, don't harm yourself to repent but truly repent as how god would like you to repent the next uh, that uh, we can see is how uh, suicide is uh, something that 
is uh, is very prevalent uh, i think the rates of suicide keep going up because of uh, people's distance uh, from god how they stray away from the uh, commandments and from the regulations and from the instructions that god has for them and because of this they are plagued more and more by um, you know stress and the causes that lead to suicide So what does Christianity talk about that does it say that you have to harm yourself does it say that uh, if if you are bad you kill yourself so that uh, um, you don't plague this world with your sin no god says that um, everyone is given a gift everyone has given a meaning in this life so if you are going against god if you're going astray it means that you are not fulfilling your meaning and when you are not fulfilling your uh, a purpose or your meaning or your way in uh, your your job for your life it means that you, uh, uh, some part of yourself is void some part of yourself is not uh, accomplished and when you have this void inside you you try to uh, fill it with all type of uh, and when you're not doing the right thing then you, this void keeps going bigger and bigger and um, Uh, till you feel that uh, you, you are completely lost and there is nothing left to do on this earth and that's when you take the step of suicide so you need to prevent that you need to prevent that by knowing what god wants you to do so if you feel god wants you to be an academician you have to be an academician if god wants you to preach you have to preach you have to learn how to preach and preach if you god wants you to excel and be an example in the field of sports then you have to excel in Uh, practice and practice hard to excel in the in the field that god has planned for you so uh, everyone is given a gift when we stray away from the gift that is when all these antisocial uh, immunity uh, entities manifest and then we take you know extreme steps that god does not want us to take so this verse like concisely tells us how he doesn't want to harm us because god is with us like he is with us through his disciples through his uh, followers through the synagogue through angels he is always present with us and nothing can limit his presence so we need to keep that in mind and uh, work according to what he has planned for us so that we are uh, you know truly um filled with the holy spirit and truly lifted and enlightened by the uh, work that god has for us and ultimately make jesus christ and uh, uh, god happy because that is what our goal in life is to accomplish what he has for us what he has planned for us so to do that we must uh, completely follow it word for word action for action uh, instruction to instruction to everything we must make sure that we are abiding in the holy spirit of jesus christ the next uh, we what we can see in this learning is a support system that god is able to give us so christ is uh, offering us his own unique support system his own uh, way of telling us what to do what when 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 to do it and how to do it so th- these are clearly mentioned in the bible and these are supported by his omnipresence so god is not limited by imagination he is not limited by church or the disciples or the angels he has a power to um, you know change the world if he desires to so he can do anything at any point of time and this 
great power is supporting us so which means that we are also able to manifest ourselves in the image of god and do what he wants us to do so this is another teaching that it uh, tells us and we are able to exercise this in our everyday lives now how great is that how amazing and how powerful that is so that cannot be compared to anything at all in this world so let us do that with the uh, the utmost obedience so we see these three teachings in acts 16 verse 28 how you repent how suicide is meant how uh, suicide is um, Uh, controlled by Christianity and the support system of Christ so these are the learnings that we can see over here and um, thank you for listening this is Nikhilji Jonathan for today's verse excitation uh, have a great day and stay truly blessed in the holy spirit of Jesus Christ Jonathan for today's verse excitation and the verse that we are looking at today is taken from the book of Acts chapter 15 verse 8 so that's Acts chapter 15 verse 8 it says God who knows the heart bore witness to them by giving them the holy spirit just as he did to us so it says um, God who knows the heart bore witness to them by giving them the holy spirit just as he did to us so what does this uh, verse really mean and how can we find uh, relevance to it in our uh, routine in our daily lives so this is a verse that um, is spoken by uh, peter and the disciples and it uh, talks about how god even though he sees people disobeying him he sees them going away from what he has planned for them the rules that he has for them and uh, the way that he has commanded them to be righteous um, when they are breaking those rules he still continues to go before them he still continues to turn them away from the evil he still continues to protect them so is uh, turning them away from their uh, ways of evil by doing what god usually does so he gives them the um, ability to uh, turn away from uh, evil he gives them the um, knowledge of uh, knowing what to do what is right and he also rewards them when they do what is right so you can see that uh, god does not act partially he does not uh, do something just for a certain group of people who are based on a certain demographic or a uh, sector of the population who are uh, belonging to him or who work for him or do uh, are in some ways related towards uh, Christ and the uh, family of um, Jesus Christ so he works for everybody god ensures that everyone is impartially taken care of and uh, that is something uh, that we should all be glad and that we should all uh, support because uh, there are so many people in this world who are uh, turned away and who have for a, for a long period of time not been a part of the family of Christ and the body of Christ so in order to uh, make them one with Christ in order to convert them and make them um, truly one with Christ 
we need to show them that God is impartial. He forgives all the uh, past and he turns them away from what uh, path they have gone through towards the uh, path that God has for them. So his impartiality is truly uh, exemplifying the impartiality and uh, it makes sure that everyone, no matter who they are, what they do or what they have, are able to find the blessings, the goodness and uh, love of God in all that they do. So he's able to uh, bring them all together turn them away from evil and bring them all together that is something that uh, uh, this verse talks about when it says God knows the heart and uh, he knows the heart of everyone not just uh, you know the ones who hate him or the ones who read the Bible and obey him he knows the heart of everybody and he makes sure that everyone becomes mature and turns to him um, through his way that he has planned through the path of righteousness that he has planned for them. So the next uh, thing that we can see in this uh, verse is what it takes to dwell in the Holy Spirit. So we know that uh, he, uh, in, the, in the verse it says that he bore witness to them by giving them the Holy Spirit. So God shows us that he is there. God shows us that uh, he is uh, all uh, omnip- omniscient and omnipresent and uh, he shows this through giving us the Holy Spirit of Jesus Christ because when Jesus Christ was taken off uh, when he was crucified and his spirit was lifted he said that uh, even though I might not be with you I uh, in person I will be with you in spirit and this spirit is so much more powerful because it is uh, transcends the uh, regulations of time, matter and uh, power. So there is no time capsule that you can put on this uh, Holy Spirit or there is no power that limits the Holy Spirit. There is no limitations on the uh, commitments of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit exceeds in uh, time, love and power. So we can see that uh, what it takes to dwell in the Holy Spirit is not much. You just have to believe in Jesus Christ. You have to work according to the word of Jesus Christ. And when when you do this, when you do this, you would be encompassed by the Holy Spirit. But then, the only constraint here as Christians that we should remember is that it is easy to come into the Holy Spirit, but then maintaining and staying in the Holy Spirit for a sustained period of time is a whole new ballgame. So we have to stay in the Holy Spirit for a continued period of time for God to accept us to become mature Christians and to do the work that God has planned for us and to enter eternity with Him in heaven at the end. So in order to do this, in order to complete this cycle of what that God has planned for us and uh, God wants from us, we must dwell in the Holy Spirit. So it takes a lot of courage, it takes a lot of uh, commitment, it takes a lot of strength, wisdom, dedication, sacrifice and um, everything that the fruits of the Holy Spirit creates in us is a must for us to have if we are to dwell in the Holy Spirit. We must have love, we must have joy, we must have uh, goodness, gentleness, uh, 
patience, peace and uh, we must be merciful and uh, we must uh, create a uh, accepting environment for other people to come into Christ as well. So all this needs to be done and more if we are to truly dwell in the Holy Spirit. And this commitment is not just uh, temporal, it takes forever for us to be uh, one with the Holy Spirit. So it takes a lot of self-control and faithfulness in Christ and uh, this ultimately leads to us having the uh, greatest gift of all, which is to dwell in the Holy Spirit and be one with the Holy Spirit for eternity. The next learning that we can see from this verse is that uh, of how we must turn to the uh, turn to Christ and how we must not just turn by the soul and the spirit and the minds but most importantly the how uh, to turn the heart towards Christ and abstaining from immorality is one of the ways that uh, we turn towards uh, Christ and then we uh, do not do any reckless behavior and uh, abstaining from foolishness and dependency on the world. So these are ways that we need to follow to turn away from the um, world and uh, work according to what uh, Christ wants us to do. So we see that uh, when we turn away from what is uh, evil, what is um, reckless and foolish and uh, what is of worldly importance but not of importance to God, we are able to uh, place ourselves away from all of this and we uh, inadvertently uh, turn our hearts towards Christ. So the soul and the spirit and the mind, they are a conscious choice that we need to turn. Um, they, are a, they are already programmed um, to feel that uh, Christ is the true path and they, it is already programmed within that they are to, to uh, lead towards Christ and they, they, they have their paths uh, formed, they have their paths uh, laid out for them to go towards Christ. But then when the heart, when you think about the heart, it is already ingrained with the worldliness. So uh, you are taught to um, look at things that are attractive with more uh, vigor. You are uh, looking at uh, when you when you are uh, thinking about uh, the heart. It's very polluted by this world. So the heart functions more of uh, what the body wants to do, and the body works on the stimuli that you get from the world. So when you have this, when you have this type of um, contradiction when you have this uh, contrast in what you would like to do for Christ and how you would like to be disciplined in uh, and mature in Christ and while the world leads you other ways through its uh, stimuli and emotional uh, uh, dissonance that you experience it, it is uh, imperative to know how we must how and what are the things that we must overcome so basically overcoming immorality uh, overcoming the reckless behavior, which is the spontaneously reckless behavior, overcoming foolishness. When you know something's wrong, when you know something is uh, um, does not have meaning in the world of Christ, and you still do it, that's foolish. So not doing that, and depending on worldliness. So when you depend on the world, it is it is probably going to give you good things for a period, some period of time. It's going to give you uh, good things that are of worldly scale. But 
anything more than that anything that is greater than that can never be provided by what this world stands for and uh, remembering that and remembering the rules that turn you away from this world will in turn lead you towards christ this will turn yourself um towards christ which will create for you uh, your heart that loves christ not this world so those are basically the understanding that we get from this uh, verse and uh, first of course uh, impartiality of god the, what it takes to dwell in the holy spirit and how you turn your heart towards christ so that is uh, acts chapter 13 uh, chapter 15 verse 8 acts chapter 15 verse 8 thank you for listening this is nikhil e jonathan and uh, stay tuned for more verse exhortations have a blessed uh, day in the holy spirit of jesus christ Good morning. This is Nikhilee Jonathan for today's verse exhortation and the verse that we are looking at today is taken from the book of Acts chapter 17 verse 29. So the verse says being then God's offspring we ought not to think that the divine being is like gold or silver or stone an image formed by the art and imagination of man. So be it says that being then God's offspring we ought not to think that the divine being is like gold or silver or stone an image formed by the art and imagination of man this is something that uh, we as christians must understand and apply in our everyday lives because it is so hard with the pressures and stress that we see um, life in uh, to get it uh, twisted and to get it uh, uh, mixed up with uh, creating uh, worldly uh, you know comparisons for god to create uh, measures to um, see how god is and um, this verse like reiterates and it should keep reminding us that god is so much greater he cannot be put uh, on a pedestal he cannot be put in a test tube and uh, he cannot be measured by anything that what man has created like how will you uh, measure a creator by what he has created is what he's saying so um, if you think of uh, uh, henry ford and how he created the ford motor company so you don't go and say that uh, because henry ford created the motor company um, this uh, henry uh, henry ford is like uh, you know one of the cars henry ford's completely different he's a person he has his own qualities he has his own thoughts he's not something that he created so when we when we think god is gold or god is silver uh, then we are doing that with what uh, we are making god into what he created so don't do that that's what this verse is trying to say and we can also see that some teachings that this verse tries to tell us so the first of which is uh, how, uh, what are the responsibilities for the children of god what do children of god need to do So we need to live in Jesus Christ. We need to have the uh, 
power of Christ working within us and anything that takes away the edge of the power of Christ is something that uh, we must uh, repel that something that we must avoid so if um, the power of Christ is removed by eating a certain type of food if it is removed by uh, going to a, a place if it is removed by reading or uh, seeing something that uh, uh, and uh, then we should not do that we should not do that so whatever ruins or removes the power of christ from us is something that we should not do so that is one thing and then we must do what improves the power of christ so if uh, we, we know that reading the bible um, singing hymns going to the church being uh, being applying the power of applying what Christ has uh, planned for us in our everyday lives all of this and more um, tell us how we can improve on Christ's uh, power within us how we can improve the Holy Spirit's presence within us and how the uh, work of Christ will uh, uh, propagate and propel itself when we do this so whatever propels it whatever makes us um, right with Christ, whatever improves our standing, whatever increases the quality of Christ within us, that is what our uh, responsibilities are. So we must be assured of what Christ has planned for us. We must have the uh, essence of Christ living within us and we must uh, work tirelessly to ensure that every moment of our lives is something that Christ will look upon and say that is my uh, son, that is my daughter, that is my uh, disciple who is working for me. So we should be able to work in such a way that Christ looks at us and Christ sees us and says uh, let my Holy Spirit dwell in him. Let my Holy Spirit uh, improve his standing and bless all that he does. So we should be uh, uh, we should be beacons of hope. We should be speakers of Christ's will. We should be uh, doers of his work. And this will really improve our standing, improve Christ's uh, belief, improve Christ's um, uh, trust in us. And that is what it all comes down to. Is the the, uh, the uh, why do we need to do work according to what Christ needs us? What are the responsibilities? Everything that improves the trust that Christ has for us. So those are the responsibilities. Whatever you think, whatever the Bible tells you, improves Christ's trust in us. That are responsibilities of the children of God. The next teaching that we can see over here is worldly measures of God. So there are so many worldly measures that we can see and these measures are uh, wide and uh, different and they vary in uh, you know every possible parameter that you can think of. But then are these metrics, are these metrics worthy of measuring the greatest, uh, the all-creating, the creator of all things? Of course not. So the God who created all things is much greater than what the worldly measures uh, can contribute or what the worldly measures are uh, implying. So we need to put an end to uh, measuring God through worldly measures. We need to measure God only. Uh, we, we can't measure God at all. God is all-powerful, all-present, all the time. And we have to accept that and say to God that you are uh, 
great divine and you take control of our lives and work within us to uh, make us right in your path what we can do is only work according to the path that Christ has for us. We can work towards the goals of God. We can measure the how we must uh, uh, obtain and achieve the goals of God, but never really what God is. So we need to keep remembering that. We need to not get the goals that God has for us mixed up with God himself. And the next one is the limits. Limit is similar to the previous teaching it's how the limitations of man does not apply to god so we are limited by god's uh, power we are limited towards working in the path that god has for us but uh, that does not apply to god god can do anything at any point of time so he, he is uh, something that uh, is uh, much greater than our creative power much greater than the most creative person in the world so his actions his speech his way is much greater than what man can imagine what we can do and we need to accept that and we need to know that our limitations our creativity and our imagination does not apply to god it only applies to us and uh, we must make sure that we are uh, truly aligned with what god wants us to do and uh, what he wants us to follow and the instructions so that we might uh, have the trust of god in us we might have his place uh, uh, within our souls his holy spirit dwelling in us and improving us every day so um we need to uh, um improve ourselves continuously it's not an instant process that we turn away from Christ and we are changed toward him we, we need to sustain ourselves we need to have a core that has a sustainable uh, proposition towards achieving what god wants us to do we need to think about that every day and every moment so that we can truly be with Christ uh, those are the ways of uh, how we can you know be responsible mature and uh, have wisdom in Christ so those are the teachings of this verse very important to christians very important to living a true christian life that god is proud of so those teachings are of course the children of god's responsibilities how we must never measure god by worldly measures the how the limitations of man do not ever apply to god those are the teachings that we can see in acts chapter 17 verse 29 thank you for listening this is nikhil de jonathan have a great day and stay truly blessed in the holy spirit of jesus christ good morning this is nikhil de jonathan for today's verse excitation the verse that we are looking at today is taken from the book of acts chapter 18 verse 9 to 10 so the verse says the lord said to paul one night in a vision do not be afraid but go on speaking and do not be silent for i am with you and no one will attack you or harm you for i have many in this city who are my people but the verse says the lord said to paul one night in a vision do not make do not be afraid but 
go on speaking and do not be silent for I am with you and no one will attack you to harm you for I have many people in this city. So what is this verse really uh, saying? How can we relate it to our everyday lives and what is the relevance that we can apply to our wisdom? So the verse talks about how we must uh, have faith if we want to lead through courage. So if uh, if we have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, if we have faith in all that he has done for us, the instructions that he has provided for us, then we would be able to have uh, the courage to take the lead. So, yeah, the uh, courage taking uh, the lead when we have true faith. So what does this mean? How do we uh, say or when do we have to true faith in the Lord Jesus Christ? So this is uh, what we can say when we have complete uh, obedience to Christ, when we uh, are doing what Christ wants us to do, when we pray and have communion with him on a routine basis and when we uh, do active uh, work for God. So not just uh, believing, praying and uh, having an intrinsic connection with God but also an external connection where you have a community uh, leading a community towards the uh, goodness of Christ where you actively live in the power of Christ and you work everything towards Christ. So you conduct yourself in a way that uh, exemplifies what Christ wants you to do. So that is what uh, it means to have uh, true faith and true uh, belief in the uh, power of Jesus Christ and when you do uh, have this you would be able to have a lot of courage and when you have this courage you are able to accomplish more uh, than what you think you can so this pushes you that extra mile it gives you that energy to accomplish more than what you uh, perceive that you can do so that is one of the learning and the next learning that we can see over here is speaking through a pure heart. So when we speak, uh, we have to speak with a pure heart. The sense of our body, uh, the the reaction that we have in our mind, which is uh, controlled by our emotions, which is usually controlled by an organ called the amygdala, is uh, something that is very primitive and it is uh, very... um, uh, uh, it, it is trained to react in a very um, self, uh, self-assured, selfish way. So if we have to uh, program it to talk in a pure way, if we have to program it to have a pure heart in accordance with the instructions of the Bible, then we must practice. We must practice to have instructions um, of God and follow it in our everyday lives. We must remember the instructions, we must apply the instructions, we must uh, um, look for opportunities to exercise the instructions in our everyday lives. And this is the only way that we would be able to uh, speak and have uh, speech made through a pure heart. Only when you do this would you be able to have true faith and courage. So if you think about it, if you think about all those people who speak confidently, who speak with uh, vigor and uh, passion, uh, believe in what they say, it could be bad, it could be good, or it could be evil, it could be, um, you know, uh, uh, 
uh, Christ-centric, it could be anything. But then they believe in it completely. They believe in what they're saying. And this only comes when you have a pure heart. If you have a pure heart, if you have a pure belief, only then would you be able to speak with confidence and courage and uh, speak in a way that would uh, uh, exemplify what you really uh, want to convey. So speak truly and uh, this also relates to how you are uh, uh, meaning what you say. So if you mean what you say, you will truly speak with uh, pure heart. So that's number two. And then uh, after that, uh, we have the uh, glory of Christ Jesus in the individual group and the organization. So we can see how um, Christ works in an individual. We can see how um, the spirituality works within an individual to raise him up from uh, the uh, nature of uh, normalcy and evil and uh, give him a more uh, meaningful and uh, esteemed and actualized life. And uh, you can see that in this verse as well, where he's uh, saying that um, there are many people, uh, even when uh, you, you feel um, you know, distraught, do not be silent, keep on speaking. For uh, That will help you to uh, reassure yourself of what you really want to say. And uh, he says that, uh, or he also reassures, God reassures him with his spiritual reassurance that no harm will come to you because he uh, has uh, his presence in this world. And that is the organization of God. So uh, God gives you an individualistic um, upliftment. He also gives you a um, group with the Holy Spirit, who that is an intrinsic and powerful group. And he also has an organization with the uh, angelic elements and the uh, people filled with the Holy Spirit, the churches and the synagogues and all of those as well as part of his organization to keep you away from all the evil that is of this world. So you can see that uh, that is how God works. So God works to uh, gl uh, glorify his uh, purpose, his meaning, his desires and uh, the way of Christ Jesus in the individual, the group and also the organization through these many methods and these many methods are um, seen through the individual itself where he is mature and where he works towards achieving all that God wants him to do uh, where the uh, Holy Spirit enters and then fulfills the uh, spiritual fruits, the uh, fruits of Christ, the uh, fruits such as uh, love, joy, gentleness, goodness, uh, faithfulness, patience, um, and uh, there are totally nine fruits. So all those fruits are uh, fulfilled through the uh, holy power of Christ. And when you have this fulfillment, you would be able to accomplish way more than what uh, you perceive that you can get to. And peace and kindness, um, self-control and gentleness, all of these fruits of the Holy Spirit are something that you look into when uh, the Holy Spirit dwells in you, when you allow the Holy Spirit to dwell in you. And um, you give the Holy Spirit enough uh, righteous living space to, uh, to do what uh, He has planned, what God desires from you. Because God acts through the Holy Spirit. God cannot act uh, in you without uh, having the Holy Spirit dwell in you. So uh, you need to remember that and you need to work towards that. And uh, of course, 
the organization which is the churches the angels the people filled with the holy spirit all of them contribute towards one common goal and that common goal is to glorify the name of jesus christ the uh, instructions of christ jesus and work according to his commandments so when you have all of this there is so much of support there is so much of uh, um, strength there is so much of um, uh, good things to look forward to and work accordingly so though that is how this verse uh, relates and uh, those are the teachings that we can see from acts chapter 18 verse 9 to 10 uh, the courage uh, uh, taking the lead when we have true faith in Christ Jesus speaking through a pure heart and glorifying Christ Jesus in the individual group and the organization so thank you for listening this is Nikhil D Johnson for today's verse excitation have a great and blessed day in the holy spirit of Jesus Christ Good morning this is Nikhil D Johnson for today's verse excitation the verse that we are looking at today is taken from the book of acts chapter 18 verse 9 to 10 so the verse says the lord said to paul one night in a vision do not be afraid but go on speaking and do not be silent for i am with you and no one will attack you or harm you for i have many in this city who are my people but the verse says the lord said to paul one night in a vision do not make do not be afraid but go on speaking and do not be silent for i am with you and no one will attack you to harm you for i have many people in the city so what is this verse really uh, saying how can we relate it to our everyday lives and what is the relevance that we can apply to our wisdom so the verse talks about how we must uh, have faith if we want to lead through courage so if uh, if we have faith in the lord jesus christ if we have faith in all that he has done for us the instructions that he has provided for us then we would be able to have uh, the courage to take the lead so yeah the uh, courage taking uh, the lead when we have true faith so what does this mean how do we uh, say or when do we have to true faith in the lord jesus christ so this is uh, what we can say when we have complete uh, obedience to christ when we uh, are doing what christ wants us to do when we pray and have communion with him on a routine basis and when we uh, do active uh, work for god so not just uh, believing praying and uh, having an intrinsic connection with god but also an external connection where you have a community uh, leading a community towards the uh, goodness of christ where you actively live in the power of christ and you work everything towards christ so you conduct yourself in a way that uh, exemplifies what christ wants you to do so that is what uh, it means to have uh, true faith and true Uh, belief in the uh, power of Jesus Christ and when you do have this you would be able to have a lot of courage and when you have this courage you are able to accomplish more uh, than what you think you can so this pushes you that extra mile it gives you that energy to accomplish more than what you uh, perceive that you can do so that is one 
for the learning then the next learning that we can see over here is uh, speaking through a pure heart so when we speak uh, we have to speak with a pure heart the sense of our body uh, the uh, the reaction that we have in our mind which is uh, controlled by our emotions which is usually controlled by an organ called the amygdala is uh, something that is very primitive and it is uh, very um, uh, it, it is trained to react in a very um, self uh, self-assured selfish way so if we have to program it to talk in a pure way if we have to program it to have a pure heart in accordance with the instructions of the bible then we must practice we must practice to have instructions um, of god and follow it in our everyday lives we must remember the instructions we must apply the instructions we must uh, um, look for opportunities to exercise the instructions in our everyday lives and this is the only way that we would be able to uh, speak and have uh, speech made through a pure heart only when you do this would you be able to have true faith and courage so if you think about it if you think about all those people who speak confidently who speak with uh, vigor and uh, passion uh, believe in what they say it could be bad it could be good or it could be evil it could be um, you know uh, christ centric it could be anything but then they believe in it completely they believe in what they're saying and this only comes when you have a pure heart if you have a pure heart if you have a pure belief only then would you be able to speak with confidence and courage and uh, speak in a way that would uh, uh, exemplify what you really uh, want to convey so speak truly and uh, this also relates to how you are uh, uh, meaning what you say so if you mean what you say you will truly speak with uh, pure heart so that's number 2 and then uh, after that uh, we have the uh, glory of christ jesus in the individual group and the organization so we can see how um, christ works in an individual we can see how um, the spirituality works within an individual to raise him up from uh, the uh, nature of uh, normalcy and evil and uh, give him a more uh, meaningful and uh, esteemed and actualized life and uh, you see that in this verse as well where he is uh, saying that um, there are many people uh, even when uh, you you feel um, you know distorted do not be silent keep on speaking for uh, that will help you to uh, reassure yourself of what you really want to say and uh, he says that uh, or he also reassures god reassures him with the spiritual reassurance that no harm will come to you because he uh, has uh, his presence in this world and that is the organization of god so uh, god gives you a individualistic um, upliftment he also gives you a um, group with the holy spirit so that is an intrinsic and powerful group and he also has an organization where the uh, angelic elements and the uh, people filled with the holy spirit in churches and the synagogues and all of those as well as part of his organization to keep you away from all the evil that is of this world so you can see that uh, that is how god works so god works to uh, gl- uh, glorify his Uh, purpose his meaning his desires 
and uh, the way of Christ Jesus in the individual, the group and also the organization through these many methods. And these many methods are um, seen through the individual itself where he is mature and where he works towards achieving all that God wants him to do, uh, where the uh, Holy Spirit enters and then fulfills the uh, spiritual fruits, the uh, fruits of Christ, the uh, fruits such as uh, love, joy, gentleness, goodness, uh, faithfulness, patience. Um, and uh, there are totally nine fruits. So all those fruits are uh, fulfilled through the uh, holy power of Christ. And when you have this fulfillment, you would be able to accomplish way more than what uh, you perceive that you can get to. And peace and kindness, um, self-control and gentleness, all of these fruits of the Holy Spirit are something that you look into when uh, the Holy Spirit dwells in you, when you allow the Holy Spirit to dwell in you. And um, you give the Holy Spirit enough uh, righteous living space to, uh, to do what uh, He has planned, what God desires from you. Because God acts through the Holy Spirit. God cannot act uh, in you without uh, having the Holy Spirit dwell in you. So uh, you need to remember that and you need to work towards that. And uh, of course, the organization, which is the churches, the angels, the people filled with the Holy Spirit, all of them contribute towards one common goal. And that common goal is to glorify the name of Jesus Christ, the uh, instructions of Christ Jesus, and work according to his commandments. So when you have all of this, there is so much of support, there is so much of uh, um, strength, there is so much of um, uh, good things to look forward to and work accordingly. So that is how these verses uh, relate and uh, those are the teachings that we can see from Acts chapter 18 verse 9 to 10. Uh, the courage uh, uh, taking the lead when we have true faith in Christ Jesus, speaking through a pure heart and glorifying Christ Jesus in the individual group and the organization. So thank you for listening. This is Nikhil D. Jonathan for today's verse exhortation. Have a great and blessed day in the Holy Spirit of Jesus Christ. Jonathan for today's verse exhortation and the verse that we are looking at today is taken from the uh, book of Acts chapter 19 verse 11 to 12. So the verse says God was doing extraordinary miracles by the hands of Paul so that even handkerchiefs or aprons that had touched his skin were carried away to the sick and their diseases left them and the evil spirits came out of them. So this verse, it talks about how the miracles of God's disciples are working. What is happening with uh, the uh, preaching and how their uh, work as disciples are being carried out. So the verse um, clearly says how extraordinary miracles by the hands of Paul God is doing and how even the handkerchiefs or the aprons that he has touched are able to carry forth the power of the Holy Spirit and cure the sick um, 
miles away and even uh, uh, exercise the evil spirits that are present within them who are um, so Paul doesn't have to be in contact with them that's how powerful it is he just has to uh, you know touch the Holy Spirit uh, uh, touch the uh, you know item of the Holy Spirit and then it uh, is uh, you know charged up with the Holy Spirit and then when it is uh, comes in place to uh, an evil spirit it uh, completely dispels it and uh, makes that place holy and cleansed so uh, that is one of the uh, extraordinary miracles of God so uh, we can see how this relates to uh, uh, how God works in us he can do so many uh, wonderful things so many miraculous things at the same time he can also punish us he can um, send us away like he did to Adam and Eve if we disobey him so God works in mysterious ways and we need to remember that he can forgive he has the power to convert someone as a as Paul to do great things to do good things for his mission at the same time he can um, you know create havoc and uh, make sure that uh, we are repenting for our sins in, in, a, in a harsh way as well so God works in extraordinary, miraculous and mysterious ways, is what this verse is trying to say. The other thing that it uh, tries to illustrate here is the work of true disciples. So what does it mean and how? what does it take for a disciple to be truly um, working in the spirit of Christ, in the, in the path of righteousness? So he says that uh, in order to work as a righteously uh, true disciple, you have to have uh, complete devotion, dedication and um, righteousness. So not even a minute or a second can go while you are unrighteous. Once you have given yourself, once you are reborn in the Holy Spirit of Christ, once that has happened, you have to completely dedicate your life, not even, you know, a flicker of thought of immorality or insecure, uh, or impurity can uh, creep in when you are with the Holy Spirit. And this is so hard for uh, anybody to do. But then if you are a disciple, you have to um, do this. You have to learn to be a disciple. This is how an army officer uh, learns how to handle himself in every situation with the uh, rules that the army provides. Just how a doctor uh, administers uh, his uh, ways of medicine or a teacher teaches. Uh, a disciple has to learn what it means to be a disciple, what it, ha- uh, what it takes to be a disciple convert himself completely to the profession so that he may excel and uh, make the Holy Spirit dwell within him to uh, make him reach towards uh, what God has planned for him on earth and on heaven. The next one is driving away of evil spirits. Evil spirits exist everywhere. Evil spirits are those that have turned away from Christ, the angels that have uh, rebuked the holiness and the righteousness and the purity of Christ for worldly measures such as uh, worldly beauty. So uh, these spirits dwell everywhere and they try to convert more to their uh, uh, group so that they would be able to rise up against God in a stronger way. But of course God is powerful and he controls everything so with a flick of his hand he can change all of them. But then he has them there for a reason. He has them there so that we as pure Christians, we as Christians are able to judge, are able to discern 
uh, we can see the example of uh, job who, uh, who where um, god is in uh, conversation with satan and he says to satan this is my uh, disciple here this is my uh, worker my dedicated son on earth and uh, whatever you do he will never uh, stray away from doing what is he, uh, against me and he will never uh, you know worship satan and so satan says put him through some tasks of uh, true hardship take away his family take away his livestock take away his uh, uh, livelihood his esteem take away everything and see if he still truly loves you because satan is under the impression that we are towards god just because of his gifts and just because of his uh, uh, support in our living but we need to prove that even if we are stripped of everything if we are stripped of our skin we still shout out to jesus and say to him we give you ourselves we are thankful for this uh, test that you are putting us to help us to show us uh, that we are mature help us to show us that through christ anything is possible so god the god we have to prove that we are those kind of christians we are those kind of christians who stand true by the holy spirit no matter what this world throws at us no matter what tries to harm us no matter how hard it becomes or how tempted we are to do something that is evil we stick on to what is true in jesus christ in the bible and the instruction in prayer and uh, never deviating or going astray uh towards uh, the worldly evils that are present so we need to do that we need to show god that we are like that and god tests us we god wants us to uh know if we are just saying it or if we can actually do it so we need to prove to god that we are doers of his faith we are living actively we are having self control and faithfulness and power and love and gentleness and kindness and uh goodness and mercy and patience and peace in the holy spirit so we have to show god that we have those holy fruits growing within us and we have to show god that we can take care of the world for him and we are able to embody and be ambassadors of goodness that he symbolizes so let us do that let us show him what it takes to be uh what it what what it um, what it takes to be a true christian and show the world what it takes to be a true christian and uh, rebuke these evil spirits that are always present that are trying to uh, you know succumb us to uh, and god says even when you are controlled by an evil spirit even when the evil spirits have taken over your mind body heart and soul it is not all is not lost all is never lost when jesus christ is around he can um, change the vilest prisoner uh, uh, vilest uh, person to become the most righteous so anything anything in this world that is impossible for man is possible only with god if we can remember that if we can work towards that nothing can stop us and nothing can come uh, or that comes against us can uh, you know uh, influences in any way so thank you for listening and uh, that is the learnings of uh, acts chapter 9 verse 11 to 12 the extraordinary miracles of god the works of true disciples and the driving out of the evil spirits that are present in that uh, um, this is nikhil jonathan for the verse excitation have a blessed day in the holy spirit of jesus christ and uh, i will get back to you with more verse excitations
Good morning, this is Nikhil Lee Jonathan for today's verse excitation and the verse that we are looking at today is taken from the uh, book of Acts chapter 20 verse 21. The verse says, testifying both to Jesus and to Greeks of repentance toward God and of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. So the verse Acts 20 verse 21 says, testifying both to Jews and to Greeks of repentance toward God and of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. So what does this mean and how is it relevant and how can we gain wisdom from this verse? There are three major learnings that we can observe here and the first of which is impartiality in preaching. So preaching about God and about what he wants us to do and how he has instructed us to act in a certain way at uh, points of our life uh, to achieve what he desires of us, to achieve his uh, uh, great goal, which is very hard for us to fathom. So God's conceptual understanding of what we need to do, God's uh, plan for the future, for the ages, is very hard to determine. For the greatest of minds, for the most intellectual people, um, be it uh, normal human beings, uh, who try so hard to discover what uh, God wants them to do. And uh, so, what we need to do is we need to listen to the preaching that God uh, gives through His uh, servants, through His disciples, who in turn even don't have an idea, but then they act as vessels of God's uh, word. They carry God's word through their purity and the discipleship and the discipline and their uh, you know, fruits of the Holy Spirit. So when they do this, when they do this or if you are called to do this or if you have a message that uh, you feel has to be um, you know, told to the world, has to be communicated to the world or a certain number of people, then you have to remember that it must be impartial. So you can't say that, uh, um, you know, uh, because I am an Indian, I will only preach to Indians. Or if I am an African, I will only preach to Africans. Or if I am a Caucasian, I will only preach to the uh, whites. You have to preach the word impartially. So wherever God wants you to preach, you stand up and preach. You be it uh, to a pack of uh, you know, dogs, be it to a pack of people, be it to a pack of uh, angels, whoever it is, you stand up and preach the word like God wants you to preach. You preach with all your strength, giving it complete understanding, uh, wisdom and uh, faith and power and patience and uh, goodness and gentleness and kindness and uh, self-control of course and uh, love overall love so that you are able to uh, carry out God's word and you are able to carry out God's uh, instructions to um, the world in the right sense in the right way so that is how you preach to everybody. That is how you uh, create an atmosphere of godly uh, presence. That is how you create an atmosphere where Jesus Christ is present. You preach impartially. You preach to everybody, no matter what class they are, no matter what caste they are. You tell them the truth about Christ. You tell them uh, uh, the way of Christ. And you tell them um, how people are 
you know, change by his stress, be an example to them and show them the path and guide them on towards, uh, you know, the greater, greener pastures. So that is one of the teachings, however, when the verse says that uh, Jews and the Greeks testified to the Jews and to the Greeks, he means being impartial in your preaching. The next teaching that we can see over here is how you must repent. We have all sinned and been found wanting. No, none of us have uh, you know, been able to accomplish the uh, goodness of Christ. So what we need to do is uh, we need to find ways to repent. We need to find um, uh, how we must repent in the right way. So uh, does repentance mean just saying to God, please forgive me, praying to him in the morning and then going about your day in your sinful nature and dripping of sin till you again wake up in the morning and say, uh, Lord, forgive me? No. It means that you are repenting, you are changing yourself, you are transforming yourself and creating a uh, clean, pure, um, God-fearing, Holy Spirit-filled, Christ-centered person right through every moment of the day. That is true repentance. Repentance is not just, I mean, the starting point for repentance is asking God to forgive you, is asking God to tell you, asking God, telling God to um, think of you and bless you and like help you to overcome these ways of, you know, sinful nature, whatever it may be. Uh, whatever sinful nature it might be, you have to repent through the Holy Spirit of Christ. So you have to start by telling God, but don't stop there. Just because you tell God does not mean your sins are forgiven or your sins are washed away. God monitors you. He wants you to be mature. He wants you to walk on your feet. He doesn't just want you to drink the milk of uh, uh, the Holy Spirit. He wants you to have the bread of the Holy Spirit so you have you know, sustenance, you have power, and you have a place in the eternity with Christ. And this is only possible with a sustained repentance or a sustained level of understanding of what Christ wants you to do and applying that, having the wisdom of uh, um, Christian worship, having the wisdom of Christian living and actively carrying out all that Christ wants you to do in your everyday life. That is true repentance and that is how you repent. So, I mean, uh, every day when you uh, think of God and when you read the Bible and when you hear people preaching, when you have angelic beings tell you things, when you have uh, God himself uh, create uh, visions and instructions and uh, pathways that you walk towards, and you not being hesitant towards that, you not stopping uh, the uh, Holy Spirit from acting and uh, giving the Holy Spirit complete authority over your soul, body and heart to accomplish those things. Uh, that is what true repentance means. So you are never uh, subject to what the body uh, requires. You are never subject, you are not pushed by what the body wants, but you are rather uh, pushed by the Holy Spirit. You are you're, uh, moved by the Holy Spirit. So you are driving force no more is your physiological or esteem or your um, social belonging or your um, you know external uh, belongings of this world but is of, of Christ it is of um, um, something that Jesus Christ is able to provide the Holy Spirit that Jesus Christ is able to provide within you and that drives you to accomplish more and more every day so that is what 
um, true repentance means. It's a transformation that is uh, sustained and that's complete through uh, daily uh, working and uh, dedication and devotion and discipline in the Holy Spirit of Jesus Christ. The next uh, that we can see over here is uh, how you are to have faith. Now, faith is uh, uh, defined as the now, faith is defined as a great trust or confidence in something or someone, particularly a religion, strong belief in God, or particular religion. So, how do we have faith? How do we uh, construct and build faith in God, uh, Jesus Christ? Well, we do this by dedicating ourselves to Him, by uh, assuring ourselves that nothing in this world would be able to replace or even compare to the Holy Power and the Spirit of Jesus Christ. So that is what uh, true faith is. It is having great trust, great confidence in Jesus Christ. So that is what faith really means. And how do you do this? You do this by following his instructions for uh, keeping um, his commandments in mind, reading the Bible every day, doing what Christ would do whenever you have to do a certain task and you're, uh, you, you say, what would Jesus do? How would Jesus approach this? What would Jesus do in this task? So approaching every task according to Jesus, living your life as a dedication, as a disciple, as a reflection of what Jesus Christ wants you to live in, being an embodiment of the Holy Spirit. That is what faith is. And uh, trusting in the Holy Spirit at every point of time, no matter how hard the situation is or how... Uh, you know, tempted you are in any situation, you still stick to your gut feeling, which is the Holy Spirit. That is what true faith is. When your gut becomes the Holy Spirit, when you act according to the Holy Spirit, when you are the fruits of Christ living within you, and you are uh, translating that in every action and speech and work that you do, that is what uh, true faith is. And that is when you have the faith uh, resonating through you. That is when you have the faith exhibiting and that is when you are uh, a true Christian and when you do this you get great courage as well like that's on some one of the uh, greatest uh, products of faith when you have complete faith in Jesus Christ you know that he will take care of everything and he has a you, know, you have the trust in him to do that you have the confidence that Christ is master over everything in this world and he is uh, the all powerful and uh, almighty who will ensure that you have um, everything done right everything uh, supporting you because you are right with god everything is right with you when you know that that is when you reach the level of uh, faith then you have absolute confidence and courage and to do anything in this world so thank you for listening that was uh, the first exhortation for today taken from uh, the book of acts chapter 20 verse 21 my name is nikhil d jonathan Have a blessed and uh, great day in the Holy Spirit of Jesus Christ.